The Humboldt Broncos were on their way to a semifinal matchup in Nipawin. Carrying members of the Humboldt Broncos of the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. It's devastating. We're gathered in a state of shock and unthinkable heartache. We just want to show some pictures of them, and there's not much you can say in that prayer. I mean, you're talking about junior hockey players, 16 to 20 years old. Hockey is the community. This tragedy has devastated our families. We will get through this. But in all this darkness, the light has shone through. The humble tragedy has struck a chord not only here in Canada, but around the world. In honour of the lives lost, our Mark Sutcliffe spoke to some people who are dealing with the fallout of this devastating incident, including the mayor of Humboldt. Broncos have always been an important part of our community, you know, since the early 70s. A former professional hockey player who went through something very similar over 30 years ago. Well, I just knew we needed to get here. I knew, I knew we needed to do something and we went straight to the hospital. And the president of the Humboldt Broncos. The whole community and their whole Broncos family is just so very grateful to our entire nation and for that matter, our entire world. This is Humboldt Strong. We are joined now by Saskatchewan MP and Minister of Public Safety, Ralph Goodale. Thank you for joining us. Good morning. Can you tell uh, me a little bit about how you've been reacting personally to this? This obviously hits close to home for you as a representative of uh, Saskatchewan. Well, it's been a, uh, a powerfully difficult several days now for uh, for everyone in Saskatchewan. Uh, the, there's an, an outpouring of, uh, of grief and, and love. Um, you, you would have seen that last night at the at the memorial. Uh, there were also, uh, in addition to the very large gathering of, of people in Humboldt, uh, there were several other memorials held uh, simultaneously in uh, a number of different locations uh, all around the province. Uh, people obviously feel the need to uh, to come together and to uh, to share support with one another uh, to uh, to allow the the grieving process to to uh, as painful as it is to to move forward uh, and to reach out to one another and uh, and be as supportive uh, as we possibly can as a as a community as as people who who share the the common burden of uh, a, a a terrible tragedy that uh, that has has effects that uh, that ripple a long way away. Um, um, there are, uh, in addition to the the city of Humboldt, there are there are nine or ten other communities in Saskatchewan where uh, these young hockey players came from. Uh, eight other locations, at least in Alberta, um, at least one in uh, in Manitoba, uh, one I believe from uh, from the United States. Um, the uh, uh, the the ripple effect here is is huge, uh, so the pain is spread very far, uh, but also so is the support, the outpouring of 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 love and and the the desire to do everything humanly possible to support the victims and their families is uh, is is just overwhelming as it should be, uh, and uh, just. High words of praise for the city of Humboldt, uh, the the Broncos Hockey Club, the amazing first responders uh, in Humboldt and uh, uh, Nippon and Tisdale and Melfort and Saskatoon and Prince Albert and all of the ones all over the province that rallied to the cause, uh, the the trauma counselors, the grief counselors, the victim services people, uh, the hockey community, not just in Saskatchewan but quite literally around the world. Uh, has has shared in this very painful, painful time. 
Absolutely. And uh, can you characterize, can you describe just how familiar this is, uh, a, a hockey team on a bus on a prairie highway uh, going to a playoff game? I, I think that's part of what makes this resonate with so many people is we're all connected to that in this country in some way. Yep, from uh, from freeze-up in the fall to the thaw in the spring, uh, there's a hockey bus uh, on the road somewhere every day somewhere in this country and quite literally hundreds of them most days yeah uh taking uh taking uh, excited young hockey players uh to a uh to a tournament or a playoff game or a regular season game all sorts of uh, of ages and leagues uh it's uh it's it's part of our life it's part of our culture this is uh what makes us Canadian. So it's when something as tragic as this happens, as painful as this, it goes right to everyone's heart and soul. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that the players came from many other places other than Humboldt, uh, because that was the kind of team it was at that level of hockey. Um, but in addition to that, though, even though they, are, they were players who were uh, members of the community who came from somewhere else, uh, there would be so many people connected to this team families that billeted the players oh, and others yeah. uh in a town like humboldt and in so many other towns in saskatchewan the the hockey team is the face of the community isn't it it really is the, 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 this is the uh, uh the signature for the community uh this is what everybody rallies around uh and uh they uh, they do so much to create the community spirit, uh, uh, the community's sense of, of, of who they are. And as you point out, uh, all of the people who who were playing on the team but didn't actually live in Humboldt, uh, they would be billeted with, um, with uh, Humboldt families. Uh, and uh, anyone who's been in that circumstance of uh, of either being being a hockey player who was billeted or the family who took them uh, took the, took care of them, uh, you become part of the family. Uh, the The relationship is as close, and 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 the uh, the bonding is as close uh, as if uh, these young men were their own kids. Is there anything that people can do beyond offering their support, as many thousands have done through social media and other channels, and, and making online contributions to this fundraising campaign for the victims' families? I, I, I think always remembering and, and, and uh, uh, paying tribute to, uh, to uh, these young athletes and, and, uh, uh, and also you know, the coaches and the, the statistician and the broadcaster, uh, we need to uh, to make sure that their uh, that their memory isn't uh, isn't just one painful agonizing week, but that they are that they are uh, permanently uh, respected and remembered, uh, and that uh, uh, we we just celebrate those wonderful lives that were cut short far too soon. Ralph Goodale, I appreciate you joining us on this difficult day. Thank you for your time. Thank you. We are joined now by former National Hockey League player Sheldon Kennedy, who was a member of the Swift Current Broncos when their bus crashed on December 30th, 1986, and has been offering his support to the people of Humboldt. Sheldon, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Mark. It must be very, very difficult for you to go through this again. Yeah, it's been... Uh... It's it's been interesting. Uh, I mean, I don't. I've never, you know, 
uh, coming from 1986, and uh, you know, it, you know, being you know, kind of thrown into, uh, you know, somebody that, you know, asked to comment. I mean, from the time the accident happened, it seems, uh, you know, people have been coming coming to ask for comments because we've been through this. And I never really uh, didn't know how to feel. And, uh, you know, I just knew we needed to get here. I knew, I knew we needed to do something, Mark. And we went straight to the hospital. We were we were at the hospital for five hours yesterday, meeting the families and everybody in the hospital, the kids. And, and uh, you know, it it was good for us. I think uh, it was uh, it was a uh, one of those um, visits where, you know, we, we've been on that pavement, we've been in those beds, and we've been at the vigils, and we've said goodbye to our friends, and we've had those survivor guilt thoughts, and I think those were the types of questions and that we were being asked, and I think people, it was it was important, and I think if there's one thing, Mark, that we wanted to bring to this, it was a message of hope. And, and we wanted people to see that, you know what, you can get out uh, of this dark place. One thing that strikes me, Sheldon, is, is how different things are today compared to 1986, that there's more, much more of an acknowledgement of, of the mental anguish and pain that goes with surviving something like this, that there is something like social media where we, we criticize it all the time for how it has changed the tone of politics in, in so many negative ways, but it can also be a vehicle through which people can communicate support and, and love and uh, even something like a GoFundMe campaign that, that exceeded everyone's expectations by a factor of thousands uh, can make a difference in, in a community like Humboldt. I don't think those things were around in the, for you and, and there weren't other vehicles through which that kind of support would be demonstrated in 1986. No, you're absolutely right, Mark. The, uh, I mean, <clears throat> you know, the the understanding of uh, the impact of trauma, PTSD, mental health. I mean, those things. Uh, it was kind of pull yourself up with the bootstraps, and the sooner you get back at it, the the stronger you are. And and uh, we know that that's absolutely not the case. And you know, with the 31 years that have passed, I mean, you know, all of us that were there yesterday have found a way uh, to deal with uh, those PTSDs and, and the mental health and those, you know, scars that last a lifetime. And, uh, you know, and I think that, you know, we're we're in a better place uh, today by understanding that. There's a lot of knowledge around this stuff. And uh, there's a lot of support for these families, and we're not scared to talk about, you know, that impact and emotional impact, and you know, and and I think that that's a good thing. That's very well said, Sheldon. It's so good to hear your perspective, and I'm I'm sure you are making an enormous difference in in uh, Saskatchewan, uh, and it means so much to the people there to have you there. It's admirable that you and others. Uh, just hopped on a plane and went there. I, I wish the circumstances were different, but uh, I'm glad we got a chance to talk again today. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. We are joined now by the mayor of Humboldt, Saskatchewan, Rob Minch. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Thank and from me and from everyone across this country, uh, our deepest sympathies and our love and support and our thoughts and prayers with your community. I know, I'm sure you've been feeling that over the past couple of days. We certainly have, um, you know, the amount of uh, good wishes and uh, and uh, prayers and uh, offers uh, from not only Canada, but into the U.S. and around the world. It's been 
it's been amazing. Um, you know, I, I, I've been trying to get through all my text messages and emails, and as you clear a few off, and just following right back in, and you know, it's just a constant stream, and it has been all weekend, and it's continuing right through today here so far. Yeah, and it does make a difference, doesn't it? I mean, you might not be able to read every single one or reply to every one, uh, but just to know, uh, you know, I know that when people are sending a message, it, it always feels like it's so trite and that uh, words are not enough and, and that there are no words in some cases, but just to know that other people are thinking of you when it's a very difficult time does make a difference, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, you know, and, and as you're filtering them, filtering through them, you know, different ones just pop out and, and, and hit you hard. And, uh, you know, um, a message from a young five-year-old in, uh, in Ontario I read this morning and about how he wrote a poem about uh, from a player's perspective. And, uh, you know, it's just it's heartwarming to read some of that stuff as you're going through. And, and so far it's been hard to share that out there because it, it's just, uh, you know, it, it's just overwhelming and, you know, it's hard. Yeah. Can you tell us what the hockey team, what the Broncos mean to the community of Humboldt? Broncos have always been an important part of our community, you know, since the early 70s. Um, you know, it's been uh, it's been sort of, I guess you could say, woven into the fabric of our community, and I've been using that term uh, quite frequently in the last couple of days. Um, the team has been, uh, uh, you know, it started out in the early 70s, and I know you were just talking to Sheldon uh uh, we were actually in the same room together here as he was on the phone and, and I was on the phone not coming right after him. And, and uh, we, were, we were talking earlier about Swift Current and uh, and their tragedy and how, how it's uh, come to Humboldt now. And, and uh, the Broncos started out in uh, in the early 70s and, and uh, they got their original jerseys uh, secondhand from the Swift Current Broncos and that's how we got the name Broncos. And uh, I told that... Uh, uh, on another talk show here yesterday, and, and the host said, "You know what? Uh, now you have two things in common. You have the, you know, the name from that day, and then you now have the, the tragedies together as well." Wow. Um, and and I think it is worth pointing out that that uh, the the team obviously represents Humboldt, and uh, and some of the players do come from that area, but many of them mm-hmm. come from much further away. But they become yeah. part of the community. They are billeted at homes in the community. They almost yeah. have a second family there. And this is this is one of the great things about hockey, the way it brings people together like that. So these were all people who were. Uh, many of them, the players came from elsewhere, but they were deeply members of the community and and loved by their second families. Yes, and that's that, that's the case. I mean, they come they come to the community as uh, from somewhere else. Their parents, I guess, lend them to us uh, as so many other communities uh, throughout Canada. And you know, they become part of the community. They go to the high school. They go. Uh, we have a number of kids that go to uh, St. Peter's College here as well, which is just uh, down the road. Um, after they graduate from high school, which is, a lot of the kids here are 20-year-olds and 19-year-olds as well. So they're they're out of high school, so they become part of the community like that, and uh, you know, and uh, just you know, with friends and and neighbors, uh, you know, it just it just spreads through the community. What do you think is ahead for your community, Rob? Uh, it's it's you've, you've grieved together at the vigil. There are going to be, I'm sure, funerals and memorial services and other events like that, but. 
how will you rebuild uh, as a community? How will you support each other going forward through some very difficult days ahead? Well, yeah, there's a little bit of a lull here, and uh, towards the end of the week, we're already hearing uh, you know funeral plans as well for the local the local people here. The four local uh, funerals are already starting to uh, starting to make some plans, and it's uh, you know it's going to start up again at the end of this week and uh, through the weekend. So. Um, you know, and after that, I mean, the schools are are going to probably get back in. They're not in school today, the kids, and uh, probably tomorrow or shortly after, um, they're going to be going back to school. We've got uh, crisis people, support people on site in the schools right now, and uh, they will be here, um, you know, with, with the kids throughout the week and possibly longer, depending on how things go and how, how long they're needed. Well, the very best of luck to you, and once again, uh, the support and love and shared grief of a nation uh, are with you in Humboldt, and I hope you're able to pass that on to everybody in your community. I will, and I would like to get it out there to uh, everybody that we appreciate everything that's coming our way. Um, you know, it's it's tough to get through this, but, you know, anything that people come and send our way, um, with thoughts, prayers, uh you know, it makes it easier on this end. Thank you very much for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for calling. The mayor of Humboldt, Saskatchewan, Rob Minch. We are joined now by the host of Hockey Night in Canada and hometown hockey, Ron McLean. Hi, Ron. Hi, Mark. Look at how I wish we were talking about the playoff matchups right now. Uh, yeah. About Toronto versus Boston and, and all of that. But uh, this is just so... Uh, so uh, it's just so heart-wrenching. And, uh, you know, I, w- I was reading some very powerful words that you wrote on the Sportsnet website on the weekend, and I was looking at a map of Alberta and Saskatchewan, and uh, both Red Deer, where, where you lived and worked for so long, and Humboldt are 52 degrees north. The Red Deer is kind of in exactly the same place in Alberta as Humboldt is in Saskatchewan. So this is, I'm sure, a very familiar story to you that strikes, uh, strikes home. Well, being in the uh, ICU unit at Royal University Hospital yesterday, I was talking with one of the players, Grayson Cameron, and he was wondering about his buddy, Ryan Strachnitsky, who was downstairs uh, in a worse condition. Uh, Ryan is from Airdrie, uh, and Grayson's also an Alberta boy. And Grayson, uh, as he was sitting in his hospital bed, I noticed the tattoo on his chest, and it was a tattoo for a a hockey player named Ryan McBeath, who perished about uh, two months ago, had graduated from the AAA Red Deer Optimus Chiefs and was now playing junior for the Olds Grizzlies, played a game in Drumheller, and then was involved in a car crash in Fog on the way back to Olds in central Alberta. So there was the connection of Ryan McBeath of Red Deer and Grayson and this Ryan Strechnitsky, whose father, I watched Tom on the CBC on uh, Saturday morning, right? He was interviewed and asked, what will you say when you get to Saskatoon and see your boy Ryan? He said, I won't say a word. I'll just uh, hug him until he tells me to get off. And it was lovely to meet the parents. And, and that story uh, repeated itself over and again uh, with the uh, just the atrocity. Uh, Fourteen mangled young people. Uh, Mark, I can't get over. Uh, I just can never get over what Friday night must have been like, both at the accident scene. And you know now there's been a misidentification. And that was always a, a central concern right from the get-go. Yeah. Is it was it was just impossible to sort through. I mean, they've they've put these uh, beautiful boys and uh, the one woman, Dana Bronze, uh, the trainer, back together. Um, when you see it, it, it's hard to fathom that 
they could have dealt with these 14 different situations, uh, saved so many lives. Uh, it was against all odds. It really was. Yeah. And I think, as we've been saying all day, everyone can relate to the experience of being on that bus, either themselves or a loved one, going to that that road game or, or coming home from a, a tournament or, or something like that. You've been on that bus many times yourself in, in Alberta, and... Uh, and and you wrote about staring out the window and and uh, chasing your dream while the players were were pursuing theirs. Right. So Tyler Bieber's the broadcaster of the Humboldt yeah. Broncos. I sort of likened uh, my scenario up and down Highway Two in Alberta. I used to stand in the not before the game when I talked to the coach because obviously the coach is focused, but after the game, after we'd had our hamburgers at Peter's Drive in or Saratoga Diner in Edmonton, I would get into the wheel well at the front door, and the driver Cliff was next to me, and he'd be dealing with these crazy winter nights in Alberta, and I would just talk to the coach, and he would t- he actually was in the movie Slapshot. He played for the Johnstown Jets uh, Chiefs in the movie. Anyway, I, I just you know. Uh, that bus is such a, uh, uh, you know, there's so much energy and so much hope and so much fun and love in a bus. Uh, and that, that really hit hard. And, and then I, I, I just have to tell you the story in ICU yesterday, Don and I were visiting with what we thought was Parker Tobin's family. So, you know, the story now, Parker Tobin, the goaltender from Stony Plain, Alberta, we thought it survived. In fact, it was, uh, Xavier LaBelle. But as we looked at who we thought was Parker Tobin, the mom. So imagine the mom and dad and the brother, they don't know that they're not looking at their own boy, that he he's so severely cut and hurt uh, that they actually think it's possibly their boy. And I, I can remember her mom, or Parker, thinking, this is Parker saying, the mom saying, he's beginning to look more like our boy. Can you imagine? And it wasn't, of course, their boy. And the dad saying, when Parker was a child, he had chicken pox and there was this one scar on his forehead. And thankfully, this seven inch gash will uh, make that immaterial. And all these horrible, you know, in retrospect, I even stood over the uh, body and I was sort of talking to the child and saying, you know, it's Ron and Don. Uh, we're going to do a coach's corner bedside for you tonight. Everything's going to be okay. And when I was saying that, the boy began to, to rise up a little bit, and the nurse quickly put him back down because this boy, who we now know was Xavier LaBelle, in addition to these horrific uh, cuts, uh, he had a vertebrae broken, he had a rib broken, he had a hip broken, he had a lacerated liver. I mean, all of the children were mangled beyond a miracle, really. And, uh, and, to, and, then, so, and then last night, Father... Uh, David Tombuck of Cathedral of the Holy Family phoned me and said, Ron, I'm doing the funeral for Xavier LaBelle later this week. Would you mind uh, jotting down a few words that I can present to the children? It's up to you, Ron, if you think you could do it. And I said, well, I'll give it a shot, David, but uh, you see if it's appropriate. And so then I phoned Mark Chartier, who had been the coach of Xavier LaBelle uh, with a contact in Saskatoon, a great midget AAA team that went to the TELUS Cup down in Quimpsis, New Brunswick. And I said, tell me about Xavier. And he said, oh, God, Ron, just the most beautiful human alive, plays piano, speaks both languages, sharp as a tack. His father, Paul's a bit of a cut up at the TELUS Cup. He would dress up in clown suits and bang a drum. And they were having a party tonight uh, at Mark Chartier, the coach's house, uh, to honor the late Xavier LaBelle. Well, now they know LaBelle's alive. He's got all those injuries. Uh, but can you imagine the, the joy in that one scene and then the frickin' devastation that I feel for the, for the Tobin family? I know. And uh, just one more cruel twist of fate in this and one more level of that survivor's guilt that Sheldon Kennedy was talking with us about a few minutes ago, uh, because that uh, that family, uh, you know, you've got one family that is feeling enormous relief and joy that their son is alive, but knowing at the same time that that means someone else has lost their son. 
Yeah, and you know, I, I sit here getting sadder by the minute. So you got to. Yeah. We're all trying to make it uh, a story of hope, and that's where Sheldon is so such a gift. Uh, it is a really important thing. I know when Dwayne Danes first got me involved in the Canadian Paraplegic Association, I visited every rehab center in the country, and Dwayne had a rule about you know, first year or two, you almost just have to live with all the feelings, the depression, the anger, the confusion. That's okay, but Dwayne said at some point, and he got out of it, as I think athletes are kind of better equipped to start the recovery, um, but he gave himself five minutes a day to dwell, and then he would park it. Uh, mm. And that, that was a, a lovely rule. And so as I went around, I met uh, parents of children who know that their son has a spinal cord injury and is going to be a paraplegic coming through this, but I was explaining to them that, you know, Dwayne Danes has a child, uh, he rides horses, he's got a fully independent life as a paraplegic. Uh, but there's there's going to be hope. There's going to be so much. Survivor's guilt is one. The parents are at risk for incredible emotional strain because they're going to be living dual lives at home and in the hospital now for the next little while. I mean, that's where uh, all the fundraising with uh, the incredible Sylvie Kellington's uh, fund is over $5 million. That's really important. Um, yeah. And then just the support that people with areas of expertise in psychoanalysis, psychology, etc. Uh, that's going to be vital, too, because as the mayor just mentioned, uh, we're now already into our first of the doldrums uh, after the initial wave of support. Uh, and there will be many periods of uh, loneliness and uh, fear. Yeah, and, and we know that as much as Canadians from coast to coast to coast are, are grieving deeply right now, that, uh, that we, as time passes and some of the challenges remain in, in Humboldt, uh, that the country's attention won't be quite so closely focused on this. Uh, we've, we've seen what's happened in Lac Megantic and Fort McMurray and right. the scenes of other tragedies. And, and, uh, and so that, they're, they're, you know, that support is going to abate. It, it's not... Uh, it's just a natural part of the process, and there will be days ahead where this community will have to rely on itself and, and not so much the support of the rest of the country to get through some of those moments, some of those milestones. So for them, Mark, the big thing will be to try to avoid that question, why? It's impossible. We're only human. Yeah. But why is where you get stuck. And if they can avoid that and if they can remember, as Rick Hansen always instructs, is please remember to ask for help in every which way, physical help, mental help. Uh, do that. Ron, I really appreciate you joining us today. Again, I wish the circumstances were different, but uh, I'm sure you and and uh, Don are making a big difference to the people there. It means a lot to them that you've you've made the effort to be there and that you're sharing your your words and your grief with them. Uh, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. Yeah, much appreciated, Mark. Ron McLean, host of Hockey Night in Canada and hometown hockey. He is in Saskatchewan. He was at the vigil last night. In Humboldt, he has been to the hospital in Saskatoon where 13 of the victims are still being treated. We are joined now by Kevin Geringer, who is the president of the Humboldt Broncos. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And uh, as I've been saying to all the people we've talked to from Humboldt today, uh, I hope you know, I hope you feel the support of your country behind you. Absolutely, we do, and uh, we're extremely grateful for for the incredible and somewhat overpowering outpouring of support that our our incredible country has has put behind us and and certainly even though we can't respond to it all we we certainly as i said last night uh, we hear you and we feel your love and and we uh, are grateful for it it certainly is part of the healing process and when you see for example 
the fact that a, a GoFundMe campaign with a goal of $5,000 to maybe help some of the victims' families pay for parking at the hospital in Saskatoon has now raised more than five and a quarter million dollars uh, from people all over the world. It's at $5.28 million now from 74,324 donors. Uh, that must be... That must be overwhelming to the, to the people of Humboldt. I didn't know it was uh, five and a quarter million dollars. To be honest with you, I haven't had a chance to look in, and uh, but I I knew it was uh, well, you know right around that, uh, getting close to five million dollars. I think, but um, uh, it is. I, I guess the way I look at it is, and I know the way the community is looking at it is, um, people have reached out. And uh, the, you know, we we were just talking. You're, you're talking with uh, Mr. McLean, Ron McLean, and uh, Don Cherry were uh, at our at our vigil, and our prime minister was there, and our premier was there. Um, these folks are there because they care, and they don't. You know, we don't always know what to do, and uh, their presence meant a lot um, in the lives of our kids. Sheldon Kennedy and and a number of the Swift Current Broncos were were with us, and. And uh, former players and, and the community in, as a whole and parents and everyone else of, of uh, our athletes, of, of um, you know, our, our injured um, staff members and, our, and, and those who are, of course, um, deceased. It, it, it's a, people want to help. And, and I think oftentimes it comes through in emails and, and those types of things that we're so grateful for. But the other side of it is, too, that... Um, uh, others are able to they reach out and want to provide resources to help us be able to um, deal with the, the aftermath of this tragedy. And the whole community and our whole Broncos family is just so very grateful to our entire nation and, for that matter, our entire world. Kevin, can you tell us a little bit about the Broncos program? Because it's so much more than a hockey team that happened to be traveling to a to an away game uh, on the weekend. Uh, this this was a, a family. It was a big part of the Humboldt community. It had connections to almost everybody in the town. Uh, it was the gathering place for, for games. Uh, we talked to several different people who are season ticket holders. Uh, so t- tell me about what the Broncos meant to Humboldt and, and what role they played in the community beyond just being a hockey team. Right. Um. I guess I would, I'd ask what the Ottawa Senators mean in, to Ottawa. Um, you know, or the Vancouver Canucks to the Van, to Vancouver, um, or um, you know what the uh, Strasbourg Maroons mean to Strasbourg. Um, the same thing in, in Humboldt. Uh, we we have children in our schools um, who look up to our our young men. Uh, and women who are part of that organization, and they aspire to want to be the, the Humboldt Broncos, right? They want to be that that uh, that next order of uh, of athlete and that sort of thing. And and these these kids are out in our communities. These young men are out in our communities in our schools. They're they're working in our reading programs. And as a director of education, I I'm so grateful for the work that they have done in helping to promote reading within our schools. Those kinds of things are just small things that uh, they just do willingly and, and because they're just incredible young men. Um, the, 
the entire organization um, is has a long, um, incredible uh, history and tradition. Um, you know, we've won uh, two national championships uh, in recent years. We've uh, won a number of SJHL championships. They're they're certainly proud, proudly displayed in our dressing rooms. Um, we uh, we have, I mean, Darcy Hogan and Mark Cross and uh, Chris. Beaudry, who of course is is very much with us, um, is, was not part of the the bus accident, but uh, certainly is significantly impacted. Um, those those gentlemen, um, along with our trainer Dana Bronze and and our statistician, um, we, these folks have been just incredible pillars and and incredible. Um, resources for our young men and and I, I go back to conversations I had many a time when I talked with Darcy um, he would talk about the role of our organization and I, I so believe in what what he believed uh, and it, he, he talked about it uh, from a standpoint that we are in the we are all about building young men we are you know the hockey piece is a sidebar to it and 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 the understanding was when you built that type of person when you create a great young men you would create great hockey players and that's what he believed and and the reality was that's what we had in this organization and it stems back right from its infancy so um that's who the humble broncos are this community stands behind them uh behind this organization uh tremendously uh we are uh, very, um, you know, the, the, there'd be 1,400 people in our rink the other night. Uh, um, it seems, you know, so long ago now in yeah. some ways, and yet um, on Wednesday night um, in a triple overtime game that we played against Nifflin, uh, just a, that's the kind of aura. I mean, that's a that's a, basically a quarter of our population, essentially, of our community. And, and we have surrounding communities that, of course, uh, support greatly the Broncos as well. So uh, this extends beyond Humboldt. But then now, of course, we see the impact that um, that our young people and our staff and everyone else has had across this world. And, and we're grateful for that. And that's what exactly what you described. That's what the Humboldt Broncos will continue to be, I am sure, uh, as you rebuild uh, after this devastating, devastating tragedy. Uh, Kevin Geringer, I, I really appreciate your time today. I know this is a, the worst of times for, for you and the people behind the Broncos. Um, and once again, I want to send you uh, the support and love of Canadians and, and wish you the very best as uh, your community grapples with this. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. The fund for the humble Broncos is one of the fastest growing campaigns in the history of GoFundMe, raising over $5 million in just two days. To donate, head to GoFundMe.com and search for funds for Humboldt. Thank you for listening.